0: everybody and welcome to today's intelligent property investor masterclass bit of a mixed bag this week um but just a bit of a reminder that if you're listening to me on any of the podcast forums like spotify or on itunes really want you to go across my website at some stage and have a look at all of the slides that i've got there for you you can also uh you know listen to the full presentation with all of the slides on my youtube channel as well which is i love real estate TV for my website and I love real estate YouTube channel okay so what are we going to be talking about this week do you want to save 10 grand a year well stay at home apparently why Aussie businesses are very worried about electricity prices and even though in the real time activity of what's happening uh, in the economy we're actually doing really quite well why the commodity prices are still boosting the Aussie economy and uh, what uh, stronger credit growth means for the outlook that's actually super important so I'll talk about that shortly about the property market and other things why workers and bosses are feuding over work from home well not quite but there's some interesting surveys there as to uh, you know what that actually means and what happened over the last few years about work from home and the attitudes of employers and employees and Some statistics have come out saying that basically, work from home saves the individual $10,000 a year, which is kind of like a pay rise. Provided you are, you don't, I'm gonna be looking here about um, Adelaide and uh, how the fact that in Adelaide, they've doubled their prices on a particular property. I'm gonna show you, provided you don't have radioactive (laughs) grass. What's that all about? tell you soon. All right. Now there's electrical storm clouds are over the Australian economy. One of the things that is causing a bit of a lull in the economy right now, uh, particularly from a consumer spending perspective, but also from a business to some extent, is the fact that we have very high electricity prices. So the real-time economy indicators are holding up really well. You know, our underlying basis of the economy is pretty jolly good, um, but as we said, this rising electricity prices has people a little bit worried, particularly businesses. Now in the chart, you can see there, you can see that uh, business confidence is down right across the board. So the red one is uh, gives you an indication as to where we are this year, as at June this year, and uh, the bluey colored one shows you where we were June last year. So a lot more confident last year than we are this year, because we're starting to see these electricity prices and what they're doing for businesses in particular. So this gives you a, uh, a look from ANZ or um uh, Roy Morgan, sorry, uh, looking at what uh, biz- how businesses see uh, their, uh, their confidence at the moment. And look, we've dropped below the baseline. We're not as low as we were when COVID hit or even the second lockdown or anywhere near it for that matter. But we did have some pretty high confidence levels go back 12 months. And that's really what these figures are, are showing. And a lot of that is due to, uh, you know, wage prices actually going up. Um, and electricity prices going up, because they're the main things, depending on the industry, I mean, some industries are very fuel focused, well, guess what fuels going up as well. And uh, it's really about the flow on effect of that and how they can pass on those higher costs to the consumer and whether consumer will actually bear it. Because really, that's the bottom line of inflation at the moment which, do you know, it's one of the most Googled uh, words at the moment, or it's certainly the the amount of Googling that we're doing of inflation has gone up considerably in the last few months. Uh, but when you look at it, you know, um, the all of the inflation going up, we have got wage increase, but we haven't had wage increases for like, you know, five, six years. So that needed to happen. We've had very low interest rates. Of course, they're going to go up. Um, The war in uh, in Ukraine and Russia not being able to export oil, particularly to uh, the uh, European countries, which is really where most of their oil went, that has a flow on effect to the Middle East going, well, we're going to put our prices up, aren't we? So the crude oil prices have all gone up and that's filtered through to everything because it affects freight. It affects every ship that goes around the country. Sorry around the world it affects every airplane that goes around the world it affects every truck every train every tractor you know that that flow on effect is quite significant and these are all of the the primary costs of um, a business whether it be agricultural business or whether it be you know making widgets uh the flow on effect is definitely there so that's why the confidence is down because they don't know where it's going to go and then we've got the green movement um you know shutting down coal-fired power stations because we've got plenty of plenty of power uh, if we wanted to use coal but of course there's the flip side of that on the green movement and um, you know the the fact is that uh, we are then uh, in this predicament of fuel prices being very very high this is actually put out by uh, Roy Morgan CEO who is Michelle Levine And she says, clearly the rising prices of different forms of energy, as well as questions about reliability of energy supply, is a large concern for businesses uh, that rely on consistent supplies of affordable energy to maintain a profitable business. And the new government is really facing some challenges around this, Uh, you know, places like um, like Western Australia, for instance, they've got their own contingency plans there. They've, you know, they've got a lot of oil production uh, to themselves. Whereas the east coast, look at those prices there. I mean, look at the crop, the price of um, of electricity. This is electricity, sorry, not not fuel. Uh, and uh, you see how much has actually gone up on the eastern seaboard. So, you know, Queensland could do the same. New South Wales could do the same. Victoria even could do the same if we were to put it into, uh, you know, producing electricity by coal. Um, But uh, we haven't done that. And we're closing all of those down over time, at least. So that means, of course, we're going to have an energy crisis until we replace them with something that is greener, but but just as efficient, we'll say, as the coal-fired power stations. So uh, look, I'm not saying you know we should or we shouldn't. What I'm saying is this is the reality. This is the fact, and that's having a flow-on effect into everything. And I don't think a lot of people uh, don't realise um, the flow-on effect of a lot of these um, you know decisions that are being made. Anyway, get off that. Uh, the um, manufacturing industry. You can see here now. This is a confidence within just manufacturing, and you'd think manufacturing would be one of the industries that. Uh, you know, everybody uh, it would be affected by because there's a lot of machines to run and all that kind of stuff. In actual fact, the confidence here is quite good compared to where it has been previously. Now, yes, it's down a little bit on where we were, uh, you know, earlier in the year, but it's still up compared to where we were pre COVID and then when COVID happened. You know, and we're really going back to some times back in 2018, 2017, when things were ticking along quite okay. Uh, And that's kind of the range that we're in at the moment from a manufacturing perspective. Now, uh, a lot of the Australian buoyancy is actually coming from our commodities. I mean, we're a commodity based country. And so prices are up, you know, even agricultural prices are up. Uh, But our, our coal, our iron ore, our tin, our gas, our all the other stuff. Um, the prices are up. So that's really what's giving us uh, the boost. And that's why our Australian dollar is quite strong at the moment. Um, And that's, that's flowing over. So if you look at the underlying credit of uh, where we're at, you know, the credit survey across the the private sector, we're actually pretty good, you know, where we're sitting there, we're actually quite buoyant. Uh, So the underlying economy is actually doing really well. But we do have this Um, crisis of confidence I like to call it now that's a crisis of confidence for the business sector to some extent uh, but more so from the private sector because they're the ones that are listening to all the mainstream media and they're the ones that are running scared which is ridiculous because you know when you look at the the over um, overarching uh point at where we're at in the cycle, we've still got some growth to be had before we go into a correction. Because if you look at the demand and supply, we are still dramatically undersupplied. So you know, we've got a couple of years at least be ahead of us that are going to be pretty jolly good. And uh, I think we need to remember that when we start to to look at, you know, what we need to be doing and what deals we need to do, because if you're snoozing right now, you're losing. If you're sitting on the sidelines waiting for a crash, you are going to lose because it's going to be a lot further up before the market corrects, because we've got to get into an oversupply before the market will take any kind of long-term correction. And that's just not happening. Um, You know, you look where rents are going. Rents clearly indicate that we don't have enough supply. We haven't got enough housing. And the approvals are coming down because of the cost of construction going up. So, uh, you know, there's a there's a much bigger picture there. And now is actually the time to get confident and to be able to negotiate deals. I'm actually really excited about the market where we're at at the moment, because as I said, most of the country's snoozing and they, you know, you've got more opportunity to cherry pick the deals. You know, it's not just jumping quick before I'm, I'm going to miss out. All the FOMO stuff has gone out of the market, which is good. The market will settle for a bit. Um, and then you watch and see what happens when we open up immigration we get another 200 odd thousand people come into this country and we will and that's going to make a uh, you know our housing shortage at the moment look like minuscule so let's get on to the next point next point i want to talk about is the fact that uh, well the headlines are saying that there's a feud between the between the workers and the employers not really um, it's just the work from home process that came into play obviously with COVID and everything else has meant that some people really really like it and because there's lower costs you know you haven't got the fuel costs which are obviously going up um, you know the commuting time productivity all of those things so there's been a fair bit of an analysis now done on this whole work from home movement now I don't know whether you've been listening to me for very long but if we go back a few years I'm talking five years I did this um, I I did this uh, home study program and i did a tour around the country and things i talked about the next 10 years and we talked about things like work from home and what it would do to outer rim suburbs and and you know um, semi-regional areas and things like that around bigger cities and we talked about commute times electric cars and all these other things which back then were kind of like pie in the sky stuff well i tell you what most of the stuff we spoke about then is now happening right now as we speak and everything we talked about as to how that would affect property obviously has come to pass so it's a a bit of a prediction we had back then so uh, there was a survey done recently uh, by Roy Morgan and um, and the Melbourne Institute and they it shows that 88% of Australian workers would like to work at least part of the week at home and 60% uh, would, uh, would like some, uh, some kind of hybrid version or thereabouts. However, only 49% of workers reported that their employers were agreeable to some kind of hybrid. Um, and uh, employers agreeing on the number of hours spent working from home as only 37%. So this chart really shows you that. It shows you how, uh, you know, the blue one is the employer permits larger portions to be working from home. And, you know, in my own circumstances, you know, it's a lot of our, empl- our uh, broader broader community workers actually work from home and it works quite well Uh, then you've got your you know those that are going into agreements and things like that and then you've got those who want to work from home but their employer is not permitting it so it's just a bit of a you know it's across the board basically but it's a bit of a trend Um, and I think with all of the enterprise bargaining and people moving from this job to that job and our massive shortage in labor has meant that the um, there's going to be more working from home if you want it because we've got such shortage from labor of labor forces in a lot of industries that the employers will uh, will actually bend for it's not good for some of the inner cities where they want the people back in their offices um women particularly would like to work from home more so than uh, more so than the guys uh, but uh, I think that's been a trend for a long, long time now. This is really, this chart here really shows you the variance across the board, um, where the experience of working from home, most 20% said that was hugely better. Um, 22% said it was sustainably better, Uh, 19% said it was better, about the same uh, was 25% worse was nearly 7%, 3% substantially um, worse, and then hugely worse was only 3% as well. So most people thought there was some advantages in actually uh, working from home. How uh, working from home has saved the average Australian ten thousand dollars. So the Financial Review's come out and done this big survey, and they've worked out that uh, the average Australian working from home will save around two hundred dollars a week. Now they're actually reporting on it. it Was actually the whole survey was a worldwide survey that they did of one thousand and forty two um uh sorry 28,000 full-time workers 1,042 Australians were included in the survey and the average saving I assume it's across the western world was around $216 a week so um that's a you know that, that's pretty good because Putting away two hundred dollars a week, that, that, you know that's like a an extra pay rise of ten thousand dollars a week or two hundred sixteen, so ten thousand dollars a year or two hundred sixteen dollars a week. So that was kind of kind of interesting. Where the big savings were were of course um, fuel, automotive fuel, um, transport. So twelve and a half percent on tra- transport, thirty seven percent on fuel. Um, uh, private motoring was no thirteen percent. Motor vehicles was three percent. Uh, spare parts and other bits and pieces you can see the figures there four and a half percent there and maintenance and repairs on the vehicles four and a half percent so fuel was the biggest saving and fuel is one of the things that we're suffering with right now anyway that was a bit of fun the other bit of fun that i want to share with you uh this week is this one how to double your money in adelaide well we all know that adelaide's done really well and the prices have come up It's you know but you've got to look at it specifically and the fact is that for uh, nearly ten years, Adelaide did nothing. <laughs> Adelaide was very slow, very stable market. So it's had this massive surge. But uh, this particular article on, in um, the on the ABC was talking about Chernobyl green lawn, which is apparently a variety of fake grass, or or can be um, in uh, in real estate for Adelaide. house sparks questions about truth in advertising. Let's have a look at it, are you ready? Check this out, that's what was done to this house so uh that was the front yard there's the backyard so (laughs) the uh the agent whose name was um oh sam swami i think his name was which is an interesting name for somebody uh he went out and uh decided that the brown lawn didn't look so good so he thought he would fix it there he is sam swami but when you look at some of the comments on places like reddit and things like that it says uh that's the new strain of grass called chernobyl (laughs) you should see it at night time so they're indicating that it might glow they basically did a very bad job of Microsoft paint and that was the result but the fact is that that same house um, it's in one of the lower socioeconomic suburbs of uh, of Adelaide Um, you know they were selling it between $340,000 and $350,000 but it was sold only a year ago for one hundred eighty-three, dollars which is about the same price that it sold for 10 12 years ago back in 2010 so as I said the market there's been very flat for a long time it's just now had a a massive spurt catch up don't think that's going to happen into the future all right so that gives you the um the annual change in rents I thought I'd just throw that in because we've got uh you know because rental prices are going up um that's that's bringing a lot of activity into the property market it's keeping the market buoyant it's keeping the demand nice and high uh and as a consequence you know we've still got more to come we are still dramatically undersupplied so now's not the time to be sitting uh as snoozing as I said because if you snooze at the moment you're going to lose and uh, but that is what the masses are doing because they're fearful they're fearful about inflation, they're fearful about interest rates and all of those things, which if you're an investor, um, you know, these higher rental uh, returns that you're getting are actually compensating for any of the higher interest that you may be paying. And the inflationary effect, well, guess where a lot of the inflation is actually coming from? It's because of the increase in housing. And we open the doors to 200,000 odd people coming in. Well, guess what? There's gonna be more upward pressure on housing and we're already undersupplied. And I could go on and on about this topic. So basically wake up, stop snoring and, uh, you know, really start to to get some well-placed properties. I've got a little quote for the week and it says, nothing is impossible. The word itself says I'm possible. So look, you need some help along here because there is some crap in the market. So to assist you with that, I've set aside a few appointment times with one of my advisors. It's called the Real Estate Breakthrough Sessions. Come armed with what you want, what your goals, dreams, aspirations are. And one of my advisors will spend some time with you and work you through your goals, work through uh, you know what kind of outcomes you might be able to achieve and where to go to from here. All you've got to do for those listening to me is go to iloverealestate.tv forward slash questions forward slash make sure you put in that last forward slash and uh, there's some appointment times there and you can pick one that suits you and uh, have a bit of, a, a, bit of a, a chat session as to where you're at what you want to achieve and how you can go about getting that so look that's it from me this week I hope you've enjoyed the little chat and uh, I'll be back again to talk to you very very soon so bye for now